I do have very sensual, sensual thumbs. I've been told that before. Okay. I think you told me that once when we did. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no. Shh. We did a, a game of thumb wars. <laughs> okay. And you said, "I I just won out of softness." <laughs> yeah, you just slipped right through. Um. Love so day. this is this is late. This is this late. Is, uh, very, this is the one of the latest pods we've done since the early nineties, I think. Yeah. This um, is this is me starting at ten PM, so who knows what yeah. we're gonna get to at midnight. <laughs> yes. Uh my apologies for that. We were gonna record all earlier. Um but That's I got stuck at work. That's all good. Are you good? Is it all right? You're on top of it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a busy week. But I I've I've raced home, forgot my laptop was at work, and then scoffed a beef and broccoli stir fry <laughs> as well as a protein shake and now i'm drinking wine all within within the within 10 minutes so yeah gosh it should make for a great night's sleep i'm i'm guessing <laughs> you've got a few more hours though you'll be fine yeah i've i've uh, had a beer i'm now on uh whiskey ginger so <laughs> we'll just see where we go i've also well, just pre- had ice cream what flavor I had a bit of mint and a bit of vanilla and I had some chocolate topping on it. What are you doing with all these weird flavors? Like, what are you doing with mint? Getting to know vanilla. I mean, those two don't want to, don't want anything to do with each vanilla other. Vanilla wants to go with any flavor, excuse me. But Vanilla does not want to go with mint. Vanilla absolutely wants to go with mint. Particularly if you, if you add a third bedfellow, which is some chocolate sauce. I mean, chocolate sauce will go with pretty much everything, yeah. apart from maybe a pistachio. I reckon Although, you could still have it with pistachio. Now that I say it, yeah. I, I wouldn't go with a sorbet. I wouldn't want like a lime sorbet in chocolate sauce. Good call. Good call. Or like a um, a yogurt. What is sorbet? It's it's ice cream without dairy. So okay. it's, it's more water-based is my understanding. Then what's, ge- what's gelato? You know what? I'm sick of this. You're faffing around here. We're talking about nonsense like there isn't an elephant in the room. And frankly, I, I just want to get straight to the point here. Oh, God. We've had a, a recent segment called Michael's Facts. Do you remember Michael's Facts? Do you remember a Very jingle? Well. Do you remember playing a jingle? Very, yep. Do you remember... Crowd s- favorite. Do you remember strutting into the podcast, claiming you had a brand new idea? Yeah. Michael's Facts. Michael's Facts were the jingle. One of the best. Let me play you a little song. It goes like this. Fun facts, we got a fun facts, you know the fun facts. Yeah, I knew that one. That that one, uh, jog any memories? That one, bring anything back, Michael. Was it? Was that a commercial back in the day? No, you know very I could, well. I remember the jingle. You know very well what you've done. Is it Mitre 10? You know very well what you've done. Nick introduced a segment, and here comes Michael to ride on his coattails yet again. It's the age-old story. And then you think, okay, hmm, this is getting a little bit hot. This is getting a little bit, you know, uncomfortable. I'm just going to park this for a year and hope he forgets about it. Well, bad luck, Buster. I went back, I listened, I found the tapes. You tried to pull a coup on me again. You tried to pull a fucking coup, and I'm not going to let it happen. Did you just call me Buster? I did call you Buster. I was in the I was in the mo. Do you like it or did? I, I think th- I just... thought I I thought I made it work. I don't think it served your uh, passion. Your tone, okay. 
But you're, so you okay? Essentially, what's happened here is a classic Winklevoss to Zuckerberg scenario, <laughs> um, and honestly, go fuck go go fuck yourself because you know I'm I've got Facebook. Well, no one wants to be Zuckerberg. So you've really stuffed yourself there with that analogy. Yeah. That's, so that's a good point. So thank you very much. I guess no. I'll I'll be Army Hammer. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. No one's won an argument by going, Yeah, well I'm the Mark Zuckerberg in this situation. So <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I need a fifteen percent cut of any revenue. And we'll call it a day. How about this? If we do the segment again, which we definitely will because everyone loves it. Big I hit. Will, Big hit. We'll keep the jingle, but I'll add a disclaimer saying in, inspired by, loosely in, loosely inspired by... Uh, Based on a, a melody true story. That, <laughs> a melody that Nick hummed one day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that as a segment. It was a segment. We did do a segment and then you came back. And Name one you... fun fact that you did. <laughs> it Name was one. like 18 months ago. You know that I don't have any fun facts. Well, I guess I bet I, 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 I can't talk. I tell you what, people are going to be remembering that fact, uh-huh. whatever it was. I'm sure. Because I can't remember it <laughs> from the last episode and it will stand the test of time. Uh, you did promise us some, so it was popcorn facts was your Michael's facts. And then oh, you yeah. did promise some carrot facts, but uh, yeah, we don't have time for that. We're not. This is not the place for carrot facts. Yep. Stay tuned. Watch this space. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Deep Ford, everybody. Oh, what a pleasure to be back. It feels like it's been ages. I don't know if it feels like that to you, but I, I don't know. I'm surprised. Um, this is a podcast in which we discuss the happenings in the world through uh, enthusiasm and and comedic. Oh, fuck me. Sitting through internet with me is my friend Michael. Hello. Have you called me your friend before? That's the first time. Wow. We finally got there. Oh, thanks. And I'm Nick. <laughs> You're just regular Nick. Who's <laughs> nobody's friend. Nobody's friend. Oh. No, you, I'm sure there's a friend out there for you. You just One haven't day. found them yet. One day. <laughs> One day. I'll keep, keep keep hanging out on Friendster and they'll, they'll find them find me <laughs> oh man what is this podcast got in store for us today i don't Nick? know i've got a lot of things on my list actually all right well just talk at me for the next 45 minutes <sighs> okay i've got like a huge usual. i've got a huge list of wreck engine stuff to go through yeah um i've got a myth right. i've got a funny slash embarrassing story oh um no wonder you were so keen to make this happen tonight. You're ready to pop. I had a lot of shit here. And I think maybe we should start. It's happy birthday time of year for both of it us. Is. Happy birthday, yes. friend. Happy birthday to you. Buster. Guy. Buster Brown. <laughs> um, and, you know, you can imagine the happy birthday song. I can't really be bothered singing it anymore. But... um. Is you there um is there anything in the vicinity there that you'd like to open? Yes, you got me a present. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty three today on my birthday. Yes, and the postman put it somewhere. Uh huh. Um, 
in my front yard and so well that no one noticed it. So I'm going to open it up. Yeah. Live because this is just why not? solid content. Yeah. All right, here we go. Should I guess what it is? You know what it is. Well, you know, How do you, know you know the form of what it is. Hmm. Oh fuck. Nice ASMR. Have you been working oh. out? Because that, that just tore like paper. Oh, it's gift wrapped. You got the gift wrapping. Happy birthday, MZ-NS. That's me. I'm NS. Is that, that's you. All right. Very well wrapped. Oh, they did a nice job. They did a very nice job. Opening the book. Oh, oh, that's good. It's a really that's actually good, book. good. Okay, so Nick's got me a book by Michael Schur, who's the cre- creator of uh, The Good Place, Parks, Parks and, and Recreation. Rec, worked on the Did office. Have something to do with the office. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was how to, be, how to be perfect, which is also I'm guessing a reference to Ricky Gervais saying that in the in the, in the original office because he says perfect. I don't know if that's intentional, but possible. Okay. Um, well, this is amazing. So it is. Uh, this is actually one of my wreck injured items. I'm, I'm midway through reading at the moment. Oh, so wow. Mike Schur got really into moral philosophy while doing The Good Place. The Good Place, if anyone hasn't seen, is a comedy about how do you get into heaven by doing good things? Like, what is it that we use to judge whether actions are right or wrong? That kind of thing. And as part of that show, got to know a bunch of moral philosophers and and get an understanding of the history of it and the basic concepts of it. And this is him, after doing four years of that show, putting it to bed, basically downloading all that really complicated um, historical, philosophical information into a layman's book to explain Kant and Aristotle and and a whole bunch of like very fundamental philosophical philosophical concepts it is the cor- really the readable answer and to really every fun. moral question yeah um i just found the other the t in the t's hanging around the t's hanging around so it is how to be perfect um this is so up my alley yeah. thank you i love mike sure just listened to him uh, on a podcast the other day yeah probably um, promoting that book to be honest titillated and this i will definitely read this yeah don't you love it when someone gives you a book that you'll actually read (laughs) yeah you know i had bought that book for myself and my sister gave me a copy of it for me for my birthday and she absolutely nailed it it is 100 percent a book that i would like to read i just already had a coffee (laughs) so this um, is amazing thank you very much i really appreciate it no worries now full disclosure yeah i knew you got me that book how's that possible because you ordered it from the Deep Vault Gmail, which I have access to. Really? I didn't yeah. order it. Oh, the PayPal must have gone through. Yeah. Oh, really? So I got an email and it said, what? I don't, because I, because it's all linked up in my Gmail as one. And I thought, gotcha. oh, fuck, someone's taken, someone's taken me for a ride here. Yeah. But then I, um, I quickly realized that that was, that was, the that case. was unintentional. I, I had thought that I'd used my, my PayPal, but sometimes it does send it to weird places, so I'm not sure. Um, but, um, I mean, I was actually surprised. Okay, so originally I thought you got me a book called How to Be Perfect without reading the author. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought it was like a joke. I'm like, this is an expensive joke. Yeah. If shipping something from New Zealand, or I guess it's from Australia, whatever. Yeah. That like, this is like a bit that you're doing telling me that either I think that I'm perfect or that I need to. That you're not. Uh, <laughs> that you're <I'm> very not. <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I would have respected either way. as well, although yeah. it would have died off. And at least this way, I get to actually read something yeah. i want to read no so i genuinely thanks, I'm, I'm really enjoying it it's a great book now did do you have something as well over there uh let me just check i'll see uh what's how big how big uh, i'll just widen my hands and you tell me when to stop keep going keep going keep going that's getting quite big now this is sort of beyond my shoulders this is a probably a solid meter wide yeah one meter ten one meter yeah. twenty yeah, I didn't get you anything, man. Yep, I'm sorry. Okay. Didn't get me something. Didn't I for didn't my thirty third, three three. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's what we were doing. No, I just I I really got into this book, and I thought great perf- great birthday present. All right, now I'm gonna have to return the favor, aren't I? <sighs> well, somehow, if, if you want to stay my friend, which apparently we now are, mm. you don't have to get me All something right. for my birthday though. You could get me something for yeah. June first. Okay, maybe Halloween or something. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, I got you a gift for Halloween. Like, that's not even a thing. That's not even a thing. That's how friendly it is. Yeah, it's just like, fuck it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it, and I will read it. No, enjoy. Um, speaking of Ricky Gervais, you want to chime in on any of of this thing? Have you watched his special? No, I haven't watched it. Keen, keen to see it, but it's been out for like 24 hours and yeah. created a lot of, of hoo-ha already, but... About uh, so apparently he's uh, he's made some distasteful jokes about trans people. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm assuming there's other people that he's made fun of as well. Um, I'm gonna. I, I don't want any. I don't want to be told what I'm supposed to think before I've actually seen the thing. Yeah. So I, I've just avoided all those articles today. Yeah. Um, look, I think he's is is he's getting annoying with this shit. He's getting annoying just trying to. Oh, I'm just pushing the envelope. You know. Um, and you know, don't, don't, if you, you know, don't be offended. It's just comedy, like all this stuff. Like I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but he's obsessed with it. He's literally obsessed with it. It's and kind he won't of, shut up about it. It reminds me in a way of the way that some of the more like the early thousands militant atheists, Yes. It would always come up. It didn't matter what topic of conversation yes. it was. They'd always talk about it and yes. like they would drag it to it. And it reminds me in the way that kind of mentality of like... Absolutely. Like it, it can't steer away from it at all. The jokes are always going to come back to this or it's all, the topic yes. of conversation is always going to be about I'm offensive, but you're, you know, you just need to recognize irony and that kind of stuff. Well, that's very much his personality type, isn't it though? Because he does that with atheism too. I read a really interesting uh, little tweet thread thing today um, talking about how easy it is for people who put on a character to then slip into it permanently. And like his original shtick as, as Brent was sort of saying the thing that got the raised eyebrows, but it was very much aware that this was like, a viewpoint to be ridiculed and that sort of thing. And then he's sort of kept at that persona long enough to the point where he didn't really set, you can't really separate 
saying offensive things now from what he actually stands by and believes. And, and the analogy was drawn to certain kind of like musicians who have a stage persona that then become that persona at all times. Right. And, um, how forgetting the um the original motivation for like a, a character choice like that can be so easy and so slippery that you end up in a place where you've become the thing that you were ridiculing without even really realizing it right i'd be interested in reading that article it it uh, from that it sounds a bit a bit of a stretch but I'll yeah see if i, I can find it but yeah. I, I mean look he i i think he genuinely believes what he's saying um, it's just it's his... more that the motivation of what he's doing now the the, the reaction that he, it looks like he's now seeking is the gasp of the you can't say that rather than it is the laugh yeah. of a of a we're on the same joke kind of thing it, it just feels like but to his audience they are on the on the joke i mean his audience what comes to him to some on some level to, to hear that, I think, you know, like people want to hear the people go to those shows, I guess to, because they, they don't want to hear the PC kind of, uh, you know, do you want me to, I I have found the little thread here. Would you like me to read it out? It, it'll probably take a couple of minutes. Yeah. I'm keen to hear it. Uh, okay. So I'll just um, vape quietly in the background. Sure. So this is a recording engineer. No, I'm not going to watch his special before I say it's fucked up and sucks. I've seen fucked up things that suck before and I already know the joke. The only They only have one joke. Anti-woke, trans-bash comedians are cultivating an audience I very much do not want to be part of. I used to like Ricky Gervais. His comedy hinted that he disliked the part of himself that he indulged so flagrantly. The boorish, selfish, unaware part, him playing an oblivious creep, was a a necessary element of comedy, critical of being oblivious. But as Kurt Vonnegut observed, we are what we pretend to be. Indulging the pretense eventually becomes so comfortable that it fuses with the person underneath. I've seen it happen up close with with people I called friends and it demands the self-reflection people of my generation have failed at. I've seen bands adopt preening rock star persona ironically changing their names, manner of speech, false biographies, expecting indulgences, all as a kind of comedy until they're so comfortable in the persona they forget they actually suck and no one likes them. Um, The premise to all of this is it's funny because it's me. I'm not really like that. So me doing it is actually a critique of it. And you reacting to it is part of me being funny because you wouldn't react to me that way otherwise. Okay, that feels confusing. Let me read that again. I'm not. Yeah, I was confused by it. The premise to all of this is it's funny because it's me. I'm not really like that. So me doing it's actually a critique of it, and you reacting to it is me being the funny part because you wouldn't react to me that way otherwise. Yeah, I understand that now. The problem, of course, is that eventually you're not you anymore. You're that prick who thinks he's a rock star who acquires a drug habit as a bit, yells at an intern about a fucking deli tray a cigar-smoking music business guy. Lots of these adopted persona come home to roost in other, uglier ways. Bands that played with fascist imagery and language because it was shocking now have to grapple with a literal fascist element in society taking inspiration from their choice. Ricky Gervais got comfortable inducing groans, learned to do it like a trick, got famous and wealthy from it. Eventually, he saw the groans as the point and... In enlightened circles, the way to induce groans is to disdain enlightenment and be a bigoted piece of shit. So this time it's not funny because it's you. 
it's fucking awful because you were saying the same things people hear when they're being abused, when their humanity is being denied, when they're targeted, the things that they hear right before they're murdered. All right. Well, there's some parts of that I, I agree with. What I don't agree with is the fact that, okay, so he, this author is saying that he or she or they are a fan, they were a fan of Ricky Gervais and are now longer no, no longer a fan of their work, of his work. So that's totally fine. This idea, though, that you haven't watched the thing that you're, you know, you're criticizing is bullshit. I guess in this, though, the author not is really, yeah. saying it's more about how, why they fell out of love with Ricky Gervais, I guess. Yeah. That, like, the, the comedian. This isn't a rather, specific comment on the jokes that he gives. It's more right. about the adoption of a persona or, or, sure. or a, yeah, a, a personality which has drifted away from seeming self-awareness about the unlikability of saying those kind of things into a um, deliberate attempt to say those unlikable things for the, the reaction that it gets. Yes. Um, so I agree with that. And I, I definitely, I've, I'm personally like guilty of doing that myself, as you know, um, especially in my younger uh, adult life. Um, but it seems like he's really trying to paint Ricky Gervais as a bigot, which I just don't think is true. Like just because you I joke about I don't think that's fair. I don't think that he's, he's intending to, um, well, that I don't last think it, that last paragraph that you read, he's you know he's he's saying he's saying he's using the word bigot, but he's not necessarily referring to Ricky Gervais. But he you know he's talking about Ricky Gervais in the entire article, so it's a connection that is you know making sure. And I just think I my head I agree with yeah like I said I agree with some of this, but my hesitation to agree with all of it is that. Just because you joke about something doesn't mean doesn't make you a bigot. And if you start labeling everything, everyone a bigot who starts joking about things like sensitive issues like this, then you're gonna you're gonna that word's gonna lose its value. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we can um, talk specifically about the Ricky Gervais special until you've seen it to know. Have you that. seen it? No, I w- I saw the transcription of the uh, comments in question. Yeah, okay. and that's the other thing. Like, com- comedy can't be read. Comedy is not, is not, uh, is not a, a a text that you read. It's if if it's stand up comedy, you need you need to listen to it. I mean, there's so much nuance in there that you that you're missing out. We learned that with well, maybe not all of us, but with with Louis C K stuff about you know joking about the the, the high school massacre or whatever, and. More recently, with the Chappelle special, when people were calling this transphobic and stuff, and I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And then maybe it's the lens through which I'm watching it. But the special, when you when you watch it in full and you watch it with the whole context that it was meant to be listened to, you realize that this is not transphobic at all. And actually, part of the, part of the point of that special and Chappelle's special was uh, his love of a friend who was trans. So I just, I just really disagree with, with taking, taking transcription of comedy, taking out of the context, out of the context that it was meant to be listened in and consumed, and then digesting it separately from that 
and then criticizing it. It's just wrong. Yeah, that's fair. But in order to have transcribed it, the person has to have watched it. <laughs> so, like, yes, but but it's but the reader hasn't necessarily. Sure. But is it? You know, like we we read movie reviews, right? Like there there is a that is criticism as at a basic form, right? That people watch a thing, write up a thing, and tell you how they feel about it. I mean. It, it seems like it's different. It's being criticized in a different way, stand-up comedy these days. The criticism of stand-up comedy these days is that people don't... The cr- critics will say that they don't like what the comedian's joking about. With movies, you're joking, you're criticizing the way the movie's made or how it made you you know, feel or whatever, or how, how, how good it was. It seems like a, sep- a separate metric. Mm, I mean, I, I know they're different media, but I would say that you could have... Um, concerns about what a movie is trying to say or the content of a movie in the same way that you could have concerns about the topic of a a stand-up comedy special. You know, if you have something like, uh, I don't know what a good, if Green Book, say, you could have concerns about the subject matter of that film and the way that they're trying to make a point and to what degree it's effective and to what audience they're speaking to, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It's not merely the... Um, the aesthetic of it or the directorial stuff. There is there is often thematic yeah. or, or subject matter that's being discussed in the same way you yeah. might talk about the subject matter or themes of a show, a stand-up you're, you're show. To- you're totally right. Uh, I'm just saying that's, that seems to be the trend. When, when a comedy special bombs, um, it tends, it, it, you know, whatever. If it bombs because it's shit, then it, go, it just washes away. But if it... If it um, addresses like some sensitive issues, then it could it will become a news story more than I think a movie would. If it was doing the same thing, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm trying to think of examples of movies that might have got that kind of heat. I mean, if you look at something like, do you remember? Was it called Aloha, where Emma Stone was cast Bradley as Cooper, a yeah. a um, native Hawaiian woman? Yeah, she should have won an Oscar for that. It was amazing. Are you being serious? No. Okay. It's a terrible um, movie. <laughs> well, I remember that being a subject of discussion because that was a sort of one of those racial casting controversies. Mm. Um, and that seemed to get quite a stir and, and uh, quite a lot of dis- you know discussion and criticism. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, maybe it's got something to do with you know Netflix uh, and people are... Uh, you know, seeking out comedy specials more, or maybe they're just they're just there, so they're consuming more comedy specials these days. I have nothing to back this up with whatsoever, mm. but uh, you know, maybe or maybe it is it is just the um, the cultural context available. at the moment, what people are talking about and keeping an eye out for and and attuned to. Yeah, um, I'll I'll watch the Gervais special. Um, I'm not sure. To me, the the most, and this is me as a cis, am I cis? Yeah. Yep. Um, as a cis white male, um, I the biggest my biggest problem problem with him is him talking about his fucking work like it's the fucking he's writing, you know, he's reinventing the wheel. I cannot listen to that guy talk about his work. Have you heard interviews? I'm guessing not. When he's talking about like. 
afterlife. Yeah, I mean, show. whenever he gets on a um, you'll watch a it. chat show. I'll, I'll like watch him with Colbert or. He just gets this like serious look over his face, and he's like, "Now this is the most important thing in the world," and then like then he's joking about you know everything else. Like I just I just he's really soured. He hasn't aged well. Um, I'm not sure his comedy has aged well. I haven't seen a special of his in you know since the last one, which was what was that one? Who cares? Uh, humanity? I don't know. A while yeah, ago. humanity. Um, he thinks he's. He's really coming into his stride now. If you listen to him, I don't know. I'll watch it. Were you going to watch it? I'm, uh, I'll consider. consider out of it. out of intellectual curiosity. I, I'm more likely to watch his special than I would be to watch like a Louis C.K. one. Sure, I might need. But to. I mean, yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, I guess we've hashed this over yeah. so many times. But yeah, I'm not. Is it the endorse? I don't know if it's an endorsement just to watch it. Like, if you're intellectually curious about it, um, you know, it's not really an endorsement. Like, your click yeah. isn't. I really mean, doing in, in this context, because I already have a Netflix s- subscription, and he's already been paid. Whether or not it has a view doesn't really give him anything. Versus, if I was to watch the Louis C.K. special, I would be literally like giving him money to get that video file. Yeah. You've always you've always been quite. um, You've always really stuck by your morals, Nick. I'll give you that. I remember when um, Pastor Gogo posted that (laughs) Instagram photo of like some girl with you know big cans in a tank top or something. It was like cans. I don't know, dude. I've been listening to how old are And then you you just gave up Pastor Gogo, which you know I respected, and then. I just continued eating there. I was like, yeah, that's really good of you, Nick. Good on you. Yeah, I'll have the fettuccine I'm Alfredo. A, I'm a hero. <laughs> uh, but no, I do respect it. I do respect it. Okay, thank you. Even if it, you know, it's a little bit too much. A bit OTT. A bit OTT. Oh, uh, gosh. I'm going to top up my glass. Okay, sure. I'm doing Dry June. Dry June? So, Last week, well, you're of, not really doing it yet, are you? Because it doesn't exist. I will be doing Dry June. Sure, yeah. Fucking hell. Well, I mean, it's just a little bit hard to take seriously when you're like, I'm doing Dry June as you pour a large <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get it in now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. I, I, I mean, if you're that excited, you could start early. Nah, I mean, I've got a birthday dinner coming up. Yeah. Well, like, I've just to... got a clean state birthday dinner. We're yeah. going to an Afghani place. Oh, you're gonna um, wear a special top. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel myself um, <laughs> on on my birthday mm. night. But yeah, um, I'm I'm looking forward to. Saving some some cashola on the because once you're doing dry dry month or whatever, you don't you don't you're not obligated to go anywhere. Like if someone says, "Hey, you want to catch up for your drink?" You go, "No, I can't." Dry June. So that's not true. You just go and get a coke. Like uh, I'm not a psycho. (laughs) I'm going to sit there and drink a just go to a bar and ask for a glass of full cream milk. No, I mean, look, you can't. I mean, I don't know. I've never done it. I've never gone to a bar and I guess I have. 
and not drank. Surely. I mean, what do you do? You just, just have another... You have, there are plenty of drinks. Like, you know, most of your work days when you're having a drink and it's not alcohol, like, you just have one of those drinks. Okay. And then you just you just talk. You just talk as in as the same normal. way that you would previously. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. All right. Never really considered it, but yeah. Keen to give that a go. Anyway, if anyone out there is reaching out to Michael in June and he says, oh, I can't. It just means that he doesn't know what kind of drink to order. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saving myself the embarrassment. <laughs> I'll have a... Uh, uh, fa- uh, I'm, I'm leaving. Do you do Pepsi? Oh, fuck. Uh, a, um, a homeless man came up to me the other day. I'm, t- I'm telling a lot of homeless man and woman stories these days, but it's just because I've moved and there's a lot around. Sure. So when I say homeless person, this is not to shame Okay, I feel I, like that asterisk is more of an indictment than just like telling the story. Well, I can't win. I can't win. I try and be, try and be, you know, a good guy. Uh-huh. But this guy came up to me, and I had my headphones in, and he said, uh, "I took him out." And he said, "Hey, can you spare a, a dollar?" And I said, "What I always say, which is, I'm really sorry, but I genuinely don't have any change or any money on me." And he said, can you buy me a drink then? And I said, what do you mean? He said, buy me a beer. And I said, what? Where? He said, at the pub. And I said, I have a movie to go to. <laughs> and I, I laughed, but I, you know, I was, these guys, they've got, they've got w- the ways around everything. Like they cast a wide net. So I get it. They're just playing a numbers game. You'd have to. But... But, uh, you know, what I don't like about it, though, is that when you say no, when they realize they're not going to get anything out of you, instead of going, no worries, thanks for at least thinking about it for a second, they're just like, oh, they, I'm done with you. Wait, you want politeness from them? You didn't give them politeness. anything. I want, I want why, a little... Why, 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 do they, why you earned a, oh... I, uh, thank you so much. I'm so sorry to I want to be oh. schmoozed a little. I want to be oh. wined and dined. You, what schmoozed? You've already said no. There's nothing to schmooze out of you. I would say thank you. You'd say thank you. You didn't give him anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just turn my back and... You let him on. Walk away. Ridiculous. I'm a polite man. Even even if I, you know, you know, found myself in that situation, I would have a little... A little bit of manners. My mum brought me up that way. I don't. Well, maybe. Um, would you go straight to a uh, buy me a beer, or would you would you say, oh, can you come to the shops, or you know, like, can you get me some food? Do because buy me like let's go to the pub and you get me around. Is that's quite a that's like that's the leap there. Yeah. Where if it was like, oh, like. Can I just grab like a, a a muesli bar from the from the Seven Eleven? If you're like, yeah, okay, I'll buy a muesli bar. But yeah, like let's go into a pub. That's that's a stronger that's a stronger pitch, right? Or like well, a, th- a bolder pitch, I should say. Yeah, it, it was a bit it was a bit extreme. Although the pub was pretty close, and then <laughs> I think I did consider it for a second. I was like, maybe I should get a beer. Um, <laughs> But what I think I would do is just park myself out of outside of restaurants or takeaway places that I would want. I want. I'll be like, what do I want for lunch? 
maybe I want Subway. And then I just sit out there and then maybe ask for money. And then if people said no, but I'm, I'm assuming people say, uh, no, I don't have any change, but do you want me to get you from something inside? And yep. then I'd go, get me a chicken teriyaki. Yeah, I'd with, like a... On uh, wholemeal bread. With a regular peri-peri chips and a uh, chicken supremo pita, please, uh, hot. And just have it ready to go? Yeah. So just say, do you have any money? No, but do you want something from inside? Yeah, yeah can I get a peri peri chips, uh, a large <laughs> Coke? And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds sensible. Yeah, and then you could just do that. Then you could just eat wherever you wanted, really. Well, I mean, there's no guarantee you're going to actually get that food. I think there's a good chance. Depends where you are, I guess, which suburb. Yeah. Yep. Uh, What's next on the menu? Well, do you have anything else on your list? How how what time do you usually go to bed? Uh, twelve, quarter past twelve, twelve thirty. Do you? Yeah. Pretty late. Yeah. Well, um, KC goes <laughs> go. to bed around that time, and I I have this like weird thing where, like, if I'm going to bed first and he's up for like another hour, I can never really just like fall asleep because I'm just waiting for that moment where he's going to come in and then like shuffle around and make noises and like I'm so with you and I'm so with you. So I'm just like half lying there, half yes. asleep. So totally. it just kind of makes sense to go at the same time. Yeah, no, but totally my my that. natural bedtime's always been midnight for a while anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Now with you on that one for sure. How about we do some wreck engine? Lock her up. I don't know why I just said lock her up. I was going to say something like... Um, Get the yeah, keys? Lock, lock her up. <laughs> it's three, three syllable sayings. Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Okay, I've got quite a few on my list. It's, it, I don't know if you're feeling it. It feels like a lot of stuff's coming out at the moment. A lot of music, yeah. a lot of movies, a lot of things. I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by how much nice stuff there is to enjoy and consume. Yeah, well, I didn't even know we were doing this segment, and then I just thought, oh, do I have any wrecks? And I've thought of like three off yeah. the top of my head. So, I, yeah. have, I have seven on my list. So let's go like rapid fire. Um, yeah. Starting, let's, let's, well, actually I can cross one off the list. We've talked about it already. How to Be Perfect is a good book by Mike Sher. If you like moral philosophy, if you like The Good Place and Parks and Rec, it's a very light read, like it's fun, it's digestible, but it gets the brain going. So I recommend. It's one um, of my favorite books of the year. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah. Have you seen it? Surely have. It is a fucking fantastic movie. Great film. Michelle Yeoh, directed by the Daniels, a uh, sort of sci-fi-ish, sort of romantic uh, family drama about a woman who runs a laundromat and then uh, starts to jump around the multiverse. It's it's easier to understand than it sounds. But it is wonderful. It is like one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. It's very fun. Um, it's very thoughtful, actually. It's very funny. But it's very, uh, it's very in. What I liked about it the most is how like existential it got. Yeah. Um, you know the the rocks talking to each other on the cliff. Spoiler alert! I always say spoiler alert after I've spoiled yeah, it. 
Never quite got the hang of that. Yeah. But that's just like a classic scene, which it's is incredible. funny. Yeah. I, I love those scenes where they they start out funny and that's the tone. And then they they kind of ease into this kind of malaise and this yeah. really nice existentialism, which is, uh, yeah, they're my favorite films. But yeah, great, great film. It's incredibly well made. It's also incredibly like impressive visually for a film that was quite low budget like really quite low budget and the vfx team was seven people seven people seven wow. people did that entire film like it is oh, we've got crazy. seven people working on our graphics yeah it is crazy and it's like a real testament to the democratization of like technology and visual effects software and like what you can do with in your room with a decent PC these days. Like, it's it's in, insane. Um, yes. Michelle Yeoh's, Michelle Yeoh's in, incredible. Um, uh, Stephanie Chu is incredible. And uh, Ki Kwan, I think is his surname, um, is also really strong as a husband. I just loved all of it. And Originally uh, offered to Jackie Chan, who turned it down. Is that right? Her husband. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the specificity of it as well as an immigrant story, as a queer story, um, as a aspirational story was like, like a targeted missile to KC. It, this movie really fucking destroyed him. (laughs) It was like, it was tears. Yeah. If you're an Asian, um, or, uh, uh, immigrant, um, descent yeah it, it is like a degree of specificity further and wow. and, and and an exponential like uh emotional impact as well like it, well, did you, see, <laughs> you saw it with him i imagine yeah yeah oh wow that would have and been... like i was you know choked up along the way already and then like half the conversations all the way through are like uh mandarin and they're, they're, they're swapping back and forth um, with the ease of bilingual or trilingual people. Um, I don't know. It just, I think there's so much resonant there for, for, for him that it really hit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I guess that would have really driven things home. For yeah. Him. No, cool. it, it's very, very good film. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. It's A24's most uh, yes. uh, successful film um, they've ever released. Uh yeah. Definitely the biggest domestic gross in the US. Maybe, I, I don't know about the international numbers, but definitely the biggest okay. film they ever released in the US, which is a huge achievement. Yeah, it's still going strong at uh, my local cinema. Yeah, so. a lot of good word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, cool. Would you like to throw one in? Um, just on the films yeah. thing, um, I saw the new Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh-huh. which is genuinely laugh out loud funny from start to finish um not not sure what i was expecting from it i watched half of the trailer and decided this is probably not a film i want to watch the trailer of if i do want to see it so glad i didn't um because i can just tell that it was going to be marketed in some sort of you know way that wasn't doing justice to the film even the poster was just dog shit but this is just such a funny film it's um nicholas cage playing himself um, he's kind of a dre- He's kind of the it, the film touches on 
you know, some Nicolas Cage uh, information that's out there in the public or the perception of Nicolas Cage that's out there, which is just, uh, which is just really fun when you see like the actor making fun of themselves in a really honest way. Um, and it's hilarious for that reason. But the guy who wrote it, I can't remember his name. Um, he's clearly just a massive Nicolas Cage fan. And it's like a, yeah, it's an, it's an homage to him and it's also making fun of him at the same time. So it's, uh, yeah, I highly recommend just going to watch that. It's, it's to an, him for like jumping on board with it. Like, yeah. And especially, I mean, he dresses all the, you know, yeah, I think there's a line in there that's like, oh, you'll do any movie, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, all these things that people were making fun of Nicolas Cage about even a year ago, but now he's had this like cage um in the last year or so um, where he's like, he's seemingly, you know, coming back. I, I always thought he was a great actor. Um, I think I've got that on record in various mediums. Yeah. But um, he, he seems like he's, you know, he's on this, I reckon he's going to win an Oscar. Oh, he's like, it's like, he, no, not in this generally. one, but I think this is the trend. Like, yeah. apparently he's paid off all of his debts that were kind of keeping him in these kind of shitty movies, still giving it his all, but in his, like, Nick Cage way. But I think because the, the movies themselves were shitty, it kind of looks shitty. But I think, you know, if he just gets the right part, he's going to, he'll win an Oscar. He's just an incredible actor. Like, I he just does that. it. Because oh, Lord of War, right? Lords of War, Lord of War. Lord of War was good. Like that that um, was that was like a close call. Like that got some critical yeah. heat. Matchstick Men was great. Um Leaving Las Vegas, which he did win an Oscar for, Raising Arizona. He's done some great Wait, great has he already movies. won an Oscar? Yeah, Leaving, leaving so Las Vegas. So why are you saying you think he's gonna win an Oscar? You just mean like he's got another one in the tank. I think just people wrote him off. People right. people don't understand that he was a truly great actor. Mm. Uh, and he did some truly um timeless films back in the day and they just think he's just done like fucking he's disappeared again yeah you know whatever bullshit but yeah he's, he's great the, a podcast was talking about this the other day but like what actor now do you reckon would be just like great would be a great person to win an oscar that's kind of flying under the radar at the moment i think someone said john travolta which isn't great mm. but like is there any actors that you mean like that previously really... established like famous actors or you mean like up and comers like previously established, like guys that have just flo- flown under the radar for their most of their careers like i don't know like brian cox like he would be cool yeah but he's he's gonna win like emmys for succession yeah, but and emmys stuff. yeah but an oscar is an oscar i mean yeah but i mean like i don't feel like he's flying under the radar because he's currently the matri- uh, patriarch on a massive massive tv show like but do you reckon you can win an emmy and then just straight up win an oscar like well an egot involves both of them right like people have to have done it yeah but i feel like people go from when that happens people go from film to television i don't know i don't know i'm just talking at my ass here yeah i don't know my answer to that um colin farrell maybe colin farrell yeah because he's sort I mean, of been he's a leading man he's a leading man but he's he's disappeared a little bit of late and and been plugging away in some like smaller stuff for a while yeah well actually i saw after yang which is maybe one that you guys want to see as well if you haven't already seen it no, i haven't um, heard of it you haven't heard of it no i think you'll really like this one um 
it's a it's a it's a sci-fi movie but it's like not a sci-fi it's kind of set in the near future uh where a family um i don't know what the word is they buy essentially a son that looks incredibly realistic but he's essentially ai right um and then he starts malfunctioning um so it's just kind of following that process of um mm. Of getting it back, it's kind of a, a story that's been done before. You know, like what is when do we become human? You yeah, know, that kind of thing. But it is done in a pretty cool way. It's a twenty four as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I reckon go check that one out. Mm. Right. Um, have you got any other mil- uh, films on the list? Because I might jump into TV. Uh, yeah, do TV. No, I can't think of anything. Okay, I've got a few um, to touch on. Um, we talked about Severance previously with um, Adam Scott. Just need to reiterate that that's a really great show. Um, mm-hmm. I want to throw the After Party in the mix. So the After Party is on Apple TV Plus. It is an eight-part comedy mystery series. Uh, it's got um, just like a murderer's row of hilarious um, comedians. Um Ben Schwartz, it's got uh, Alana Glazer, um, Sam Richardson, Dave, uh, what's his face, Franco. Just, yeah, a whole bunch of really great comedic um, people who attend a high school reunion and then go to an after party and one of them turns up dead. And the premise of the show is a, a police investigation into what happened and they're questioning all of these people who were there and they each episode is focused on the perspective of one person and each of these characters stories are told in a different genre so one of them you retell the events that we've seen at the high school reunion and it's a thriller one it's a musical one it's like animated one it's uh like an action movie and through all of these characters different lenses you get a different genre each week it's really clever it's really entertaining um it's got like a decent mystery underneath it all. Um, Tiffany Haddish plays the cop and she's very good fun. Um, so it's like a, a fun sort of breezy hang, eight episodes, half hours. It's all very, very good. Sounds good. What's the tone of it? Is it light? Yeah. Yeah, it's right. light. It's not like, like there's there's a, there's bits that you can definitely tell are sort of improv riffs that they kept in. So it's okay. not like, it's not super heavy and not super serious, but there is like a narrative behind it all, like a good mystery. So, okay, yeah. Um, right. I really fucking hate Dave Franco, tell you what. <laughs> but he plays a deliberately unlikable person in here. So you not liking him might actually be fine because he's not very likable. Is James ever coming back? I don't know. What's he been up to? He took a while away to atone for his um, yeah, filmmaking sins. He filmmaking sins. Well, do you remember incidences. the the controversy about how they filmed sex scenes and he oh, got yeah. women to do weird shit when he was making that film? Yeah, I don't think his sins were filmmaking. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I mean, I, my interpretation of that was that it was a a making like asking too much of like background actors and that kind of thing in a shot in a way that's, you know, should have been handled by a producer differently or that sort of thing rather than as a yeah. particular. Um, yeah. I think there's been other allegations since then as well. Oh, really? Like, yeah. That he's like was texting 
in a flirtatious manner with underage girls. Oh, I it didn't just seems that. like he's been away for a long time. Like the disaster artist was the last thing I think he's properly been in. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, James, get shit together. Or email us in. Tell us what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, or send, or send us. We'll be the vessel send for us your a comeback. Send us a full email. Yeah. <laughs> and and pass on any wrecks and myths that you might have. If you do. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, alrighty. Uh, one more uh, TV I'll throw out there in brief, which is Better Call Saul. If you ever watched Breaking Bad, you'll remember Saul Goodman, the lawyer. If you're not watching Better Call Saul, then you're missing out. And if you're a fan of Breaking Bad, then I highly recommend you catch up on this show because it is doing some incredible things and I think arguably has hit the level of Breaking Bad in in terms of quality, if not exceeded it. So um, you will never watch it. It's too serialized, Michael. But for anyone out there who was on the fence, um, it is absolutely worth your time. Cool. You got something else? Um, or I'm guessing this is on your list, but I was going to recommend the Smile Record. I was going to have a chat. Amazing, about uh, man! What an album! What an album! A I light mean, for attracting attention by the Smile, comprised of Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, and Tom Skinner. Tom Skinner, and mixed it's by just, Nigel Godrick. It's just a, uh, it's just a fantastic. Record, you don't think it's very radio heady? I, th- I just hear no, radio head no, all no. through it. Why did you say that? No, that was going to be my topic of conversation. Okay, elaborate. I feel like it is, it is very close to radio head. I feel like if you squint, it is really you could see a way that this was the next album they came out with. Um, yes, even to the point where some of these songs they've played previously live as sort of demos as Radiohead across the past decade. Um, now Tom and Johnny have picked them up and taken them away <laughs> and said, no, these are, these are ours now. But um, even instrumentation wise, even orchestration wise, like you can draw parallels between a lot of the songs on this album and tonal equivalents or, or instrumentation equivalents in a moon-shaped pool like i it's almost a little bit uncanny valley where it feels so close to radiohead that it kind of should be to me yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean i think you can if you're a true radiohead fan you can notice the difference as you were kind of alluding to i think it's in the drums absolutely um, or they've obviously changed the drummer so i think that's that's different. That's a separation point. Um, I think they've they've in, they've used a lot of horns on this record, which um, I mean, look, all of this I love, uh, but it is the synths and obviously lyrically, vocally, um, and guitars from Johnny are very. They yeah they are ready ahead. They can't help themselves. Yeah, I'm not complaining. You're not complaining. I think um, I think you're right that the the biggest differentiator is the the sort of jazz drum underpinning and the very technical, like this one's in, you know, seven, eight, this one's in five, eight. There's a lot more like time signature fuck aroundery and there's like songs in 11 and, and this kind of thing, which Radiohead just don't really tend to go towards. Oh, um, they have done it though. They have, but like not an album back to back where it's like, this one's five, eight, this one's seven, eight, this one's 11, yeah. you know, it, it, you, you might get one in the middle, but most of the time they're not so crazy. 
and and yep. not so technical. Um, yes, but also the, the album cover is is not a Radiohead album cover. No, I quite <laughs> like that though. Um, no, so do I. The um, the thing that I'd miss in this album a, bit, a little bit, like I do, I do really quite like it. But I I feel it's quite cold. It's quite a cold album to me. Interesting. Um, and I just miss a little bit of that that uh, warmth. I miss vocal harmonies. I I miss mm, like a nice harmonies. lead guitar, like um, Ed Ed kind of backing. Yes, more to of a it. chordal guitar rather yeah. than a kind of a harsh harsher kind of well it's a lead guitar Guitar. thing it's a very it's a very um melodic purpose it's not there for atmosphere it's there to to play a tune you know um yeah yes but johnny johnny would do that in the in the radiohead records he would he would provide that texture that kind of harsher texture yeah whereas ed would often be on the yeah on the on the five string or the six string kind of providing that nice chordal um backing yeah or, or texture to the to the song so you you, you I, I agree that it's a little bit cold i think lyrically it's actually quite warm though he's um i can't I, yeah he's mellowed a bit off the top of my head yeah but yeah he has definitely mellowed uh, i had to look up some of the lyrics because i couldn't hear what he was saying and he does a really cool thing in i think it's the smoke where he he starts the lyric so it's in a 4-4 four, four beat i think he starts it but the lyrics are in th- in uh three threes so he kind of he so in three syllable phrases if you know what i mean so sure he he'll say the three syllable phrase but then the first syllable of the next phrase it's will start on the, the fourth beat. beat yeah yeah and and then it just kind of loops which is always like rhythmically something that i loved hearing and that's something that they've done before and also brokers have done, um, but I'm not saying they stole it from us. But whatever. Um, but it just—I haven't actually heard it done with lyrics, and I just love that. And he's talking—I don't know—he's talking about some, some really kind of—I uh, don't know. He's—he's uh, he's become really romantic, I think, in some ways in his old age. He's definitely mellowed out. He's—he's—I'm not sure if he's sadder. I think he's happier, but he's more sure of himself, and he's speaking from yeah, a place of, uh, I think it's, I don't know, it sounds like trite, but he's speaking from the, really from the heart. He's speaking about his personal his things. his angst has externalized where it used to be an internal, like, I feel shit. What are we doing? What is this? Who am I kind of thing? And now I think his, his targets of that are the government is, is a, a bunch of idiots and, you know, like, uh, particularly in a UK context, like uh, mm. the system's kind of broken and, and, you know, like these big picture issues are there. But we, the people, like you and I, we can fix it. You know, all we need to do is get in the streets. Like that that kind of mentality has shifted almost like a democratic participation chant, you know. Yes, and, it's almost like and he's, his, he's, he's decalcified himself. Yeah, but his emotional stuff, as you say, is more romantic. He's got more willing to be sort of loving and and explicit in that sort of tone i just love it and i hope i know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that maybe radiohead of you know are on their on their last album yeah possibly and it, it kind of seems like it's trending that way but he's he's still clearly got so much in the tank 
Yeah. Uh, they all do. So, uh, yeah, I just, like, if there's more of this shit, like, if they keep, if there's no more Radiohead albums, but we get three more Smile records, I would take that as a gamble. You would bet it? What do you mean you'd I would take bet that? It. Or you'd take, so if you would bet okay, that that's more likely. Well, I'll put it to you. Okay, so three, so we get three more Smile records. Yeah. And no new Radiohead records. Uh-huh. Or we get one new record, new one new Radiohead album. You want me to guess which one is more likely? No, what one would you prefer? Uh, I prefer one more Radiohead. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would, just to like cap it off. They need, we need some closure. You're right. Yeah. Um, Which is not to say that I wouldn't also take more Smile. I'd also really quite like another Adams for Peace, to be honest. I thought that was a nice group. Well, that's the funny thing about his side projects. Like he's... He's done Adams for Peace, made a great record there, and then just disbanded. So potentially that could be the same thing with this project that he's yeah. working on, The Smile. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, all right. Four and a half out of five for me. Um, what one. would you What would you pick as your favorite track on it? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm I'm pulling it up now for my own. Yeah, reference. I'm pulling mine up. He and Johnny were great on fucking Smartless the other day as well. Oh, uh, I found it a little bit like I yeah. liked him, but I also found myself cringing because I knew that's exactly how I would behave if I was ever interviewing them. Totally. And Jason Bateman is a 1000% fan, like legit. Yeah. And he was asking the questions that I know that I would ask and everyone else was giving him shit for it. Yes. Yeah, that's totally true. Like he... He, was he the one who brought... He wasn't the one who brought them there. He was the one who was requested he? it. And then it was like... I, I haven't listened to much Spartless, but I think he was his guest that week. Like, and they alternate guests. Right. Um. Okay. What's my fave? All right. My most listened to is definitely The Smoke. But I think it's just been out the longest, maybe. Um. I... All right. Can I, I'll give you top two. I love um, Free and the Knowledge. That's Which I think is ex Radiohead, or formerly Radiohead. I don't. Oh, I don't know if he ever played it as Radiohead, but he has demoed it live before as a solo, a solo. And song. I love uh, Speech Bubbles. Speech Bubbles is good. And what is this? I'm just gonna. I need to. I think it's the opposite, where he does this crazy vocal thing. Oh yeah. What's that one? The yeah. opposite. Yeah. Oh man, that is killer. Uh, for me, I really dig the same. Actually, I think the opening track's very strong. Um, Free the knowledge is good. Open the floodgates has been hanging around for like 12, 14 years, and it always feels slightly underwhelming whenever you hear the album version. But uh, quite, quite okay with it. Um actually kind of into their hair uh, hairdryer quite a lot as well mm-hmm. uh, what what don't you like what do you avoid i haven't got to a point where i skip them panavision there is are just great. some which i kind of like haven't registered yeah i don't i don't know them well enough i mean it's i've been just thrashing it every day but i, think I don't waving know them. a white flag i don't really register that much i don't yeah i can't i can't recall it but yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, definitely 
exciting to have some some new Radiohead guess Radiohead esque music out. Um, yeah, hopefully we never get another Ed O'Brien record ever again. <laughs> Look, uh, I mean, uh, it doesn't you really. Agree. I yeah, I didn't love it at all, but um, you know, he can do his thing. Why not? If we, if we have um, if we have two Phil records, we can have two Ed records. Would you rather? I just want to know Would what you... Colin's up to. What's Colin doing? What's he doing? Colin doesn't give a fuck. Is he just Colin like just, chilling at home? He just drinks tea, one hundred percent. He just drinks tea. He's very happy not doing anything. Yeah. Um. Okay. Speaking of music, Patrick Watson has a new album out. Have you been listening to this? I think I listened to a couple of singles. Oh, you haven't it? listened to the album? It's only twenty no. minutes. It's quite short, and that's my number one criticism. Oh, maybe I have and thought it was an EP. It's his new album. It's like twenty-four minutes. It's called Better in the Shade. It is seven songs. Oh, uh, no, I have listened to this. And I thought it, it was is an EP. 22 minutes. Um, I don't okay. know. At, that's sort of right in the middle of... like It's short songs, but there's seven of them. So I don't know whether you call that an EP or an LP. But uh, it's real beautiful. It's like he's he's a real master of like emotive orchestral kind of anthem shit. And this yeah. is just him giving me more of what I like. So I'm very happy. Yeah, he's one of those guys that are just I'll just I'll, I'll leave for two two years or so, and then I'll come back to him in a really big way and just listen to him, you know, for months on end. Yeah, um, he's always good. I love him. Love songs and to robots he, was such a great I, album, and then yeah. to follow it up uh, off the back of that with um, Wave was yeah, yeah. very beautiful. Um, but yeah, another yeah, he's he's really evolved really nicely as well he's really changed his sound a lot but maintaining yeah, this his one's got he's some kind of like electric yeah yeah so he's really uh i love those artists that are really evolving yeah um quite a lot and not just that's, sticking can to i their... be honest that's my one issue with the smile album is i feel like there are no sounds there that i haven't heard them do before Every sort of guitar sound, record. but that's what I mean. Like when I listen to Suspiria, I'm hearing different sounds than a normal thing. When I'm listening to like Anima, I'm hearing different things to what I normally do. When I listen to this album, I'm like, I've heard that guitar before. I've heard that synth before. I've heard that strings before. I've heard that. Like I just, yep. I, there wasn't that much in that album where I felt like, oh, a fresh thing. But if they were a new band and you didn't know any of them, in there you might think that oh this is cool you know, i still think it's still cool I, I just it it doesn't quite get as high for me if it feels familiar is i guess what i'm saying sure when we're talking about artists evolving their sounds mm. this isn't th- th- there's not a huge amount there where i'm like oh that's that's cool that's 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 interesting look they've gone somewhere new yeah but this was, i swear this was originally pitched as like a post-punk album which yeah. is very much not. I don't know. That might have been the uh, just the media, uh, the media description of what was happening. Because the, I think the first song they released maybe was "You Will Never Work in Television Again," which is quite well rough. It wasn't like that. It was that concert that I sent to you. They did a, a Glastonbury set or a um, no, not Glastonbury. Somewhere they 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 did a set. They played for forty minutes and they debuted like nine songs just straight away. Right. So they got the full picture immediately. Hmm. Anyway, uh, one more on the list. Uh, Mode Rat. Have you listened to the Mode Rat album? Um, 
more data. Another one, another one I've been thrashing. Love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking great. You say mode rat? What's well, mode selector and apparat? So mode rat. I've been saying moderat. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's mode se- right. mode selector is like and it's a team up of those two bands. So I guess I, so. Mode rat. I don't. I like that way less than what I am imagining in my head. But yeah, well, you great. could say moderata. Moderato. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's really good, isn't it? They make great music as well. Yeah, that they 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 have a certain kind of um, tonality which really like just gets the spine tingles going. Like they they have really like interesting chord progressions. They really like mm. um, the the sort of type of synths they use and the way they interweave vocals over it and everything. It just it's it's very like feely music rather than thinky music yes it's it's very berlin as well it's very berlin but um they yeah i love their chords the probably the most the one thing i don't love about moderato is probably that vocalist that they always use which i don't actually mind that much but sometimes his voice gets a bit like try too hard do you know what i mean Mm, I, I don't have that issue, but I can you know, see going, I can see how it could grate. Uh, rusty nails, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's my that's my small gripe with them. But apart from that, yes, I've been listening to it at the gymnasium. Great record. Mm. Great record. Yeah, so that's you my stu- that's that's my very long wreck engine. That's I had a lot of stuff that I'd been had burning in the pocket here yeah you might need to fuel up because mm. that engine is out of gas engines don't get out of gas do they i know nothing about cars they they did you were right and now you you okay doesn't matter if you've enjoyed this um thank you so much for uh sending us that feedback that's that's really great and you can engage with us in many ways that benefit our social metrics and get our brand out there for the uh betterment of society uh you can find us at facebook at deep forward and twitter at deep forward and instagram at deep forward and you can send questions to deep forward at gmail.com find our songs on spotify and soundcloud and just generally um try and read a little bit more because haven't you been letting that book sit there just a bit too long isn't it time you've just got on with it yeah good alienate our small listener base nick good on you okay i got a um i got a story Oh, I love it. I honestly love it when you've got a story because it means I can recline and just listen to your sweet, sweet voice. This is this is a, a this is a bit of a risky story. This is a this is this is a story with some potential <laughs> fallout. So I'm going to tell you this, and we're just going to cross our fingers and hope. Okay. Okay. So. If you if you uh, register for Twitter or for um, social media, you have to enter in some information, some contact details. You put your email address in. You might put your phone number in. Um, and these social media networks to help you build up a follower base or connect you with people you might already know, then take that information and use that to match against other people's contacts. And so if you've put in your phone number 
and someone else with your phone number and their phone has uploaded their contacts, they'll then say, hey, this person you know is now signed up. Do you want to follow them? Do you want to interact? Um, this happened to me the other week on, uh, on Twitter. I got a yeah. notification, excuse me, notification Very that nice. uh, someone in my contacts had started a new Twitter account. Yeah. Here is the problem. When I looked at it, it was a penis. And the Twitter account name was something like Thick Dick. Yeah. And someone had set up a Twitter account with pornographic intent and nude photos of themselves. Wow. With the intent to find hookups and trade pics and do who knows what else. And on Twitter. On Twitter, throwaway account, but made a technical error and used their actual phone number. And then it was disseminated to everyone who had their phone number. And that includes me. Here's the next kicker. I have no fucking idea who this person is. Oh, so someone in my phone I have seen naked because they have gone out and made a pornographic Twitter account. Wow, that's incredible. And and really, really put themselves out there. Now, you could just go through your contact list. I have... I have tried to work out who it could be. There was a location. I'm not going to disclose the location. What was the location, though? It was... <laughs> I'm deleting that bit. <laughs> but I'm trying to work out who I know in this place. Not because I want to know, but I can't help but think about who it might oh, be. You have to know. But it's so awkward. But, but Nick, what if you go through meticulously go through your contact list and yes it's probably going to take you about an hour but if you go through you just get the last three digits and then you no but no 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 no. but i the i the user do not get do not get to see their phone number oh you don't see so it's silently pairing that for my reference but i can't i can't do a match right and this person's not used their name they've just put a photo up a revealing photo and several revealing photos and a location and it's just someone it's just someone <laughs> okay is, is it is it penis or pussy it's penis um is it is it nice does it look good i i really i when i saw what it was i did not investigate further it was it was a very strange feeling of of confusion and uncertainty and and trying to work out why the hell there was porn in my Twitter. And then immediately after realizing, I went back to my notifications where this um, had been, you know, uh, surfaced and it was no longer letting me in. So that then means this person had the worst fucking day of their life because they they realized. realized, fuck, I have linked my phone number and someone else, some presumably some other person who knows them, saw it go up, re- worked out who it was, got
got in touch and was like, um, I can see your dick. And they then blocked it, took it down, did whatever, because it now no longer exists. Oh, so it doesn't exist at all. So now it doesn't exist at all. That's a real shame. So. That's a real shame. Wow. Now, uh, loaded question here. Had you seen this dick before, maybe? No, I don't think so. You would know. You you have good. I've dick seen a lot of recognition. Um, okay, so you haven't seen it before. Someone who lives in beep, and all right. Well, I guess there's no way of knowing, is there? Yeah, that's the thing. Do you remember that? Did you you took a screenshot though, right? Why would I take a screenshot? Idiot. Why? Idiot. For what purpose? What's the point? To send to me so I can look <laughs> this guy up. How are you gonna look him up? Oh, I can work it up. You could. What you could How? do is you could. You just throw it into the Google search bar and we'll do it, I guess. <laughs> Wait, you think this person is, has put their dick out there enough that Google can match dicks for you? Maybe. Maybe. It's worth <laughs> a shot. Uh, well, yeah, it was it was a very unexpected turn of events. That's really funny, though. And and there is a, non, there is a non-zero chance that this person is listening. Non-zero. I love that for us. Um, okay. Well, if you have, what have you got to say to the, if just say the person is listening and they're mortified by this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe look, just we've all, we've all, words. we've all had horny days. We've all made mistakes. It sounds like you probably had a, a bad day because within the space of an hour of you doing that, it was no longer around. So I have to assume there is a degree of horror. And if you're hearing this, it's only made it worse. But the good news is I haven't worked out how you are yet. And congratulations on the penis. Oh, you said it doesn't look good. Yeah. Nice. You know, good. good. Oh, okay. I thought you said because you didn't investigate further that. Yeah. Well, at least they've preserved their anonymity. Yeah. But if you don't it's want gonna be to weird it. if it's a relative <laughs> send it through the deep fort at gmail.com and nick will put it in the chapter notes okay and we can get any potential hookups for you down the track yeah to email us and maybe we could be like a little matchmaking service okay, on the side in a different direction podcast slash matchmakers yes oh god um I, what i don't get is why are people putting up photos of their genitals on twitter which is used i assume just for journalists and politicians i think there's a lot of like porn on twitter as well is there yeah is that not uh illegal <laughs> illegal uh, like, but twitter bans a lot of stuff don't they like why are they? you can post porn on twitter i think so that's wild yeah well, I gotta start following some different accounts. 